Hey, product bosses, have you heard? We're doing a five-day, completely free challenge starting Monday, May 10th. Join us. It's absolutely free. It's called Bestseller Secrets Challenge. Thousands of product bosses have gone through it and have transformed their businesses in just five days. We are going to help you lean into what is selling right now by teaching you how to look at your numbers, understand what your customers actually want to buy from you, and how to use your bestsellers to grow a thriving business. So you aren't just throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping something sticks. We want to help you pandemic-proof your business, and we are going to do it together. So go to www bestsellersecretschallenge.com. We'll put that link in the show notes to make it really easy to sign up. And if you have already taken the challenge, we are inviting you to go through it with us again. Your business has probably changed and this free challenge will really help you build a sustainable and profitable business. The Bestseller Secrets Challenge starts Monday, May 10th. It's five days of trainings and lives created to help you grow. Join us. It's totally free. You can sign up at www.bestsellersecretschallenge.com. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Okay. So the reason why I want to start with, and we'll get into the episode, but the reason why I wanted to start with talking about making and manufacturing is that I think that that's where the limiting beliefs begin, right? So today we're going to talk about limiting beliefs of makers, manufacturers, and product bosses. And so when we all, when we said the word manufacturer, we had comments like manufacturing sounds so much more than my former formal living room, right? And a lot of times what happens is our mind tells us certain things like, that's not me. That's not for me, you know, and it, it's kind of rooted in that. It's, it's why we identify with certain things. So when you say maker, it feels good. It feels comfortable. Right. I'll also say this one. There's another one that says, I feel like being a manufacturer would mean that I make my candle vessels too, but I solely make the candles. So we start to like try and put ourselves right into mm -hmm, these buckets. In a bucket. Mm -hmm. We try and say like, this is who I am and it feels safe over here. Yeah. And so th that starts with labels, but you know, it's because innately we all have certain labels that we identify with. And that has always been our reality, our thoughts, right? Oh, I'm a fashion designer. Oh, I'm the creative one. Oh, I'm this, I'm that, right? And so we're going to get into some limiting beliefs. Believe me, we hear this over and over. So the whole point of this, of us telling you these limiting beliefs that we hear over and over is for you not to feel alone, okay? And that we we dream of a bigger, you know, we want you to dream bigger than that. We want you to take those limiting beliefs and not believe them anymore because Jacqueline and I for sure believe that you are your biggest limiting belief, your mind, right? Because the reality is what you give it. Those beliefs are optional, right? You insert what you believe. Okay. 
So the first one, Jacqueline, and I want all of you, as I'm saying the, this, these limiting beliefs, um, in the comments, let us know if you've ever said this to yourself or if you identify with that. Okay. So the first one is, and this one is for the makers out there, right? As And I'm sure all of you are raising your hand for those who identify with that. Just like I said, I have to make everything myself. I have to make everything myself. Hearts. Yes. In the comments, anyone feel this way? Yeah. So we get this pushback all the time from our people, don't you think, Jacqueline, of that they feel like they need to make everything with their own two hands themselves. Yeah. I mean, even just that comment right there where it was like that I don't make the candle jars. So therefore, I am not X, right? So Mm -hmm. it's that idea either that you have to do everything. Like you have to, I'm in my mom's room and my her maker room. And, you know, if she had to whittle these straw baskets herself, instead of importing them from Morocco that she then paints and adds accessories to, like she's, she's creating some sort of, um, she's doing actually that she does not have to make everything herself, but some of you might believe, well, she's not really a maker if she's not weaving these baskets Mm -hmm. herself. Exactly. You feel like you're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Right. So that you can't claim to be a maker unless you're whittling these things together yourself, unless you're making the jar yourself, you're just pouring the wax, you know? So I think that that's where it really begins is you understanding that, you know what, it's not so much that you need to be a maker. You have a business, mm-hmm. you have a business, you're the visionary of your business. And so even all the most successful makers that we know they are the visionary. They usually come up with the designs or they came up with at least the original design, the the original making. And then their team is the one who either makes it or manufactures it, right? So they're either making it in-house or they're sending it out to a contractor manufacturer, right? So that is where other hands are doing it. You're letting go of it, but it is your product and you are the maker behind that original design. Yeah. So Olivia says, I like making my products. Yeah. We're creative people. I've been sewing doll clothes for the last like four days, like that I'm here and my daughter's making me a bed out of car, all these things. Right. And I walked around the other day and I was like, I am a fashion designer, right? I went to school. Mm -hmm. I learned how to make all my own patterns, cut my fabric. sew everything we did, you know, I, I can, I know that I can do everything, but for example, if I were to start an apparel line tomorrow, I wouldn't, I couldn't, maybe I would make the initial samples, right? I'd drape, Mm -hmm. I would do the things, but then I wouldn't necessarily be manufacturing because, or I wouldn't be sewing all of it if I wanted to keep up with the demand. Let's say there was a a big demand or the platform I wanted to sell on. So I want all of you to know, like you can do whatever you want. If you want to keep making all of your products, keep doing it, but you don't have to. And it doesn't take away that you are a handmade business, that you are a maker. It doesn't take away anything from your business by not doing all of it yourself. Yeah. I mean, we all are born to create. I believe that wholeheartedly. We're born to create. That's why it feels good and things that we're putting out there. It's like we're doing things, you know, even procreation, we're making babies, you know, like, That is literally what we're born to do is to create something. And as an entrepreneur, you're usually creating something out of nothing. And it feels good to have that. But does that mean that that should be limiting you to what you're capable of or what your capacity is? Or if the demand were to go up, that you could give it to somebody else to make and that takes away from it? That is simply untrue. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And I also say it with, um, I've worked with a lot of people in the apparel industry and they're like, I make handmade clothing. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all of clothing is handmade. There is somebody's hands sewing that apparel. There's, you know, maybe there's a factory that has, you know, a laser cutting machine and you're not cutting your own stuff, but there are still hands to machines that are sewing stuff. So, mm-hmm. so it just depends on it, 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 it's just how you market your business. Yeah. And it's just what, it's just what your beliefs are that are kept keeping you stuck. So yeah. I want you all to just think about this. It's not the, it, we just want you to know that you can still be a handmade business. You could still be a maker and not have your hands have to do everything. Okay. So yeah. just and, that and, in mind. and focus on the word, everything we're telling you. It's not like we're telling you don't make anything. You just don't have to make everything. Right. So while some people are like, I would feel lost or I wouldn't want to give that up. Agreed. There's, there's, for instance, there's things in your business, even Jacqueline, I still, we keep a hold of, you know why? Because that's the um, magic of the things that we do. Right. And so we're not saying, but we don't do everything because we're not great at everything. We don't have the time to do everything, but we do keep a hold of certain things. So if, if making is that for you, you do a piece of it, but you have other people that can help you as well. Yeah. And I would also say, or you, you create the initial design, right? Like you Mm -hmm. are the maker, you're the artist. So long-term we're talking about you growing. We're not talking about like sales chugging along and you're, you have more product than you have of sales. But if you start to get more sales, it might be that you design it. You do the stuff that keeps you in your zone of genius, right? Maybe sometimes you do want to bead jewelry while you're watching the real house. You do the first 100. Because you still have to perfect it, right? Yeah, you do that. But then know that it can be handed off. And that's the beauty. And, you know, a lot of the million dollar uh, masterminders that we work with, they are a lot. I mean, I'm telling you, one top 1% of Etsy makers, skills, right? They, they have done it all, but they weren't able to keep up with capacity. They weren't able to keep up with the sales and the demand. If they were to do it all, they would still be a $50,000 a year business versus a multi seven figure business. Mm-hmm. But again, it's what you want. So if you want to yeah. stay where you're at, and, and there's no, you stay, you do you. Like my mom just wants to sell one basket a week. Like she mm-hmm. doesn't want this to be a business. She, she wants to do her own thing. That's fine. She does that. But if she wanted to do this mm-hmm. on a bigger scale, she could do that too, but she would need help. Yeah. So the next one is I'm just not good at business. Anyone? I'm just not good at business. Who has said that to themselves? Right. I think a lot this of us. person right here. And I think that there's this push and pull between, because I've never said that. You haven't? Mm. Well, you got your MBA, so you might feel like I've got a degree against The thing is, though, I've always felt like um, being creative and being business were one in the same, synonymous, where I think that other people pull it apart. They think they either have to be a creative or they think that they're good at business. But don't you think that you getting your your master's in business, like to get that, wouldn't that kind of automatically yeah, give you I that? I think it helped validate me for sure, mm-hmm. like in my own mind. But but I was really young at the time. Like I yeah. actually graduated with my MBA when I was 24 years old. And so, so for me, I don't know if that really like at that time felt like the validator that I needed. It was just, I was kind of going through the motions that I really thought and wanted to do it at that time. But as far as, you know, that, um, but like, but now do I think that I barely ever mentioned my MBA? I feel like, you know, um, so all the time. Hi, I'm Nina Kunlis and I have an MBA. 
<laughs> so, you know, I think that, you know, there's when, when you're coming from a maker background, a fashion designer background, you have your fine Creative. arts degree. Mm-hmm. There's this differentiation that people make. They make it for themselves. I have my fine arts degree or have my bachelor's or my MBA. It's the, again, the raising the hand, you know, when actually you can have your fine arts degree and you can still be great at business and you can still have your MBA and still be fantastic at being creative. It's not one or the other. Just so, a side note, Carla uh-huh. says she never knew that you had an MBA. <laughs> well, Carla. She, she's yes. on all the time. She knows this really well. <laughs> but here's what I want to say, okay? So I we've talked about entrepreneurship a lot, right? And a lot of you have seen entrepreneurship in your life or you have been entrepreneurial. You know, a lot of us, and you guys can raise your hand or let us know, when you were younger, you were probably entrepreneurial in some way. You sold something. So that's how I've always been. I was like, oh, I could make lip gloss out of Vaseline and face paint. I'm going to sell this to my fifth grade friends. You know, like I was was always creative and entrepreneurial. I heard my son the other day say, Hey dad, I have an idea for a business. I can make birdhouses and sell them. So that's uh-huh. like that entrepreneurial spirit, but exactly what Mina is saying sometimes without that degree or that education, because a lot of us were raised with this idea of like, you need the education to be good at something. Yeah. Um, you versus add something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's lots of times where there's a blanket statement and everybody believes it. One is that a degree will only help you. Right. That's a blanket statement. Everybody's like, oh, I get that. Also, there's things that people, there's people along the way that are like, that's simply not true, right? Those are the ones that lift the cap. So for example, who would have thought the internet would have existed? You know, like normally people would be like, oh, that can't be done. Or, you know, you can never make it to the moon. Or you can actually never um, fly a plane. So there's things that your reality is simply what you think it to be. Those people's reality was different. They didn't believe the people that were saying like, you, it's just impossible. It's impossible to fly a plane. You know, it's impossible to have anything other than dial up internet. Because in that sense, it makes sense. It's going through the phone wires, right? So no I idea. Think- <laughs> Bad example, but you get no idea how a fax machine or the internet works. <laughs> so it really is about, you know, we've learned certain things that, you know, for example, a degree is the way to go. It will only help you. And we've attached ourselves to that in our identities, but really what's true, what's true and what's not true. So the thing is that when you tell yourself, I'm just not good at business, of course it's true. You're telling yourself that, you know? And I, and I would say one thing that I'll say is that, you know, I I had, I started my business when I was 26 years old um, and I ran it for about 10 and a half years. And I remember I had this client and I think I've told you all this story, but I had this client that all of a sudden I was charging $10,000 a month for my, my fashion consulting uh, business, right? That was the most I'd ever charged at that point. Um, 10,000 a month to work with myself and my team. That was what I was doing. And I felt so insecure about raising the price on him. But then I knew that what we were doing was as like, as if he had an entire design production development team and it was worth it. I remember though saying to him, and I think he was younger than me. And I said, I was like, you know, I just, I sometimes think, you know, I'm not that great at business, but I know I'm I know I'm creative. I'm a designer. I'm, I, I can think on my toes. He's like, are you crazy? And I realize I'm telling someone who's paying me the most I've ever billed ever that I think I'm not good at business, but he obviously does think I am because he's paying, like it's validating him paying the most also to working with me. And that was, you know, that was like maybe five, 
years ago or something like that. But um, it took that mindset shift of seeing someone else reflective back to me versus that, that doubt in myself. So I want you all to realize like, yeah, we can always keep learning. Mina and I listen yeah. to podcasts every day. We read, we have like three business books we're in the middle of reading. Like there's always stuff to learn. You're showing up here because you're educating yourself on being a product business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you not good at business? That's not, that's absolutely not true. You have a business. Think about all the people yeah. in the world that wouldn't even start a business, wouldn't even know where yeah. to start. And they could come to you and ask you, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a business and you, my friends would have something to tell them. You would right. be able to tell them how to start a business. So that means that you are good at business, right? Right. Yeah. And you're still always going to learn. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Right. So I got my MBA. I retained I don't know, 5% of that knowledge, maybe. And the rest of it, I learned from experience, right? Going through the motions, failing a bunch of times, um, retaining that information and honestly coming back to it, you know, coming back to it. Because even if you go through something a second, third, fourth, fifth time, you learn something different. Every single person retains knowledge different. So they're educating themselves differently. So even people approaching business is very different. Right. And quote unquote, you not being good at business, it's what type of business you're talking about? You know, what type of knowledge you're talking about? You know, because clearly we all have done it. We all have businesses. So it may not be in the quote unquote MBA form. I don't even know if I could pass those MBA forms, you know? So it really is. You all are great at business. You really are. Because here you are. You've done something brave, incredible, and it brings money into your pocket some way, shape, or form. That makes you better than other people that have just not even done it, right? That there is some business sense to you and that that you could keep fueling and feeding and, and nourishing for yourself. But you are good at business. Okay. So the next one is... Okay, this one is kind of like a smush of a, a few. Either I can't make a million dollars, I can't make a million dollars, or a million dollars is just not for me. It's for other people, right? So how many people think that? That, oh, that's not for me. That number is really high. That number is uncomfortable. That number is not the kind of life I want. Um, I have no- Makers can't be millionaires. I There's no way in all the things I could ever do that would get me there. If you make a million dollars, it makes you this type of person to want that seems too uncomfortable, too big, you know, too much. I'm taking up too much space. There's so many things tied to this one because of our money beliefs. Yeah, we're getting it's a scary amount. Mm -hmm. People are saying it's a scary number that um, some people are saying it's uh, that is for me, but it's a far reach. It's really high, but I want it. Um, Somebody said I could never reach that amount. I can't imagine that much money. I think it's scary. So there is a big shift over the last, maybe I feel like maybe it's a year um, mm. where people used to talk about getting you all to six figures. We used to talk about getting you to six figures, right? A lot of you do. Some of you feel more comfortable with a hundred thousand, right? Or a six figure business. Um, there was this conversation there and, and what we realized, and we, and I think this is amongst a lot of um, other coaches as well, especially among a highly predominant like female audience that six figures, we were putting a cap on what we could make, right? By saying six figures, it was like, oh, we'll only ever, oh, if you get to be a $100,000 business or maybe Mm -hmm. a $200,000 business, that should be enough. But that million dollars blows the cap off of it. Part of the reason why is that there's not that many women that have reached that. I don't, it's between like two to 5% of- It's like 
the internet or flying a plane. Yeah. A million dollars is like flying a plane, like inventing a rocket to space. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's been done, right? Yeah. And we we posted this on Instagram the other day where it was like, she's not your competition, but she's proof that it can happen for you. We just mm-hmm. want you all to sit with the fact, and this is also for the guys out there, right? Um, or anybody out there. We just want you to sit with the fact that it is possible. Do you yeah. want it? Maybe you don't want it. Maybe you don't want it right now. Maybe you don't believe that you want it. Um, but it is possible. And to have that, just that thought of possibility is the thing that's going to blow the cap off the ceiling you have. Yeah. It then allows, and listen, we could start talking about eight figures, but it's going to also blow your minds a little bit more. So let's just say, let's get you to seven in your brains and think about the fact that it is possible. You could mm-hmm. do it. You will do it if you want to do it. Um, and just know that because then it kind of starts to make things bigger. Yeah. You get to think bigger. You get to act bigger. You get to do things that would level your business up. Right. And I think that it is hard for people to wrap their minds around if it does seem far away. Or somebody has said, I want it, but it looks like a lot of responsibility. Well, you got a lot of responsibility anyways. If you're holding yourself to 50,000, 100,000, you got as much responsibility as you do a million dollar business in a lot of ways. Because you, in that case, you're trying to do all the things by yourself when you're under six figures or, or all that. Lots of responsibility. For a million dollar company, you have a team usually, or you have contractors that work under you or, uh, or whatever it is, but it's a different type of responsibilities but you're still doing lots there. Sure. It's, it's just different responsibilities. So no matter what, it's never going to be like, Oh, I'm not going to do a million dollars because it it looks like a lot of responsibilities. Well, that we all have a lot of responsibilities, no matter if you're making 5,000, 10,000 or whatever it is, you know, hundred percent. And the thing, and the thing that a lot of you probably sometimes you can't see that for yourself is that you're probably doing everything. And you're like, there is absolutely Mm -hmm. no more time in the day for me to make anything else, to take care of my children, to feed myself, to sleep, to walk my dog, whatever it is. I bet a lot of you are feeling like there's absolutely no way because you can't see a clear path forward yet. This is definitely something we work on in multi-shoe machine. This is something we work on with our masterminders because, because we, we get it. Listen, we're on the same journey as all of you. And so what happens is in the very beginning, as you're growing, if you're, you know, under six figures, you're in that multi six figure, you're probably doing most of it. You're doing a lot mm-hmm. of it and your hands yeah. are dirty and your time is scarce, right? Time is a scarce resource. And like exactly what Mina said, you're doing all of the things so you're like, there's no way I could sell more of mm-hmm. this. How? So as you grow your business and you start to hire, you start to the first people that we know that you typically would need to hire is either another person to make for you, like someone for production or someone to fulfill for you, right? Those are the two big shipping. like first right. shipping. But I wanted to tap into exactly what Jacqueline was saying. She said, there's just no way I could do it. There's just no way I can make it to a million dollars. There's the limiting belief right there, right? How is there, there's just no way when it's been done? There right? is a way. Every single person in the top mastermind in the we have one group of top masterminders and they're all a million dollar makers. Right? So it can be done. It's been done. It's been it's been you know doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's already been done. It, it, What's it's, it's been on the mean girls it's like or whatever. It's been brought. <laughs> it's already been brought. In. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what it is, but the thing is, it's happening. So there, in, instead of switching it from there's no way, is that it's definitely possible. And you can't see the exact path there, but other people have done it. And that is possible, right? That's why things exist, but it is possible for you as well. So, okay. So let's move on to the next one. So How many do we one, have? Uh, just two more. Um, <laughs> to go the, next, <laughs> the next one is my customers really want it done this way. My customers really want it done this way. So this was something that came up in actually one of our masterminders, our masterminds. My customers really want me to hand make these, every single one of them. Makes me breathe out deep. (laughs) My customers really want it this way. Do they though? Is that why they're buying it? You know? So is that a true statement or is that what you believe your customers want? Because you've been doing it a certain way. Do any of you believe this? Have you thought thought about this? Because what it is is more of like, I've been doing it this way for a very long time and it's what my customers expect. I think that's a little bit more of like a better explanation of it. Like it is handmade. It must always be made by my two hands or the people that work for me. Um, It is, you know, it's made in America. It must always be made in America. It could never be manufactured somewhere else, Mm, right? Because my customers say they want it this way. Do they? Do they say it? Do they actually, have you polled your customers and said to them, um, do you care where it's made? Do you even know where it's made? Do you even know who's making it? Or do you just love the brand? Do you just love what it looks like? Do you love the aesthetic around it? So I think it's something that I, I want you to think about because as you're growing and you're making the right decisions for you, your business, your family, and your team, you are going to have to decide how are you going to keep growing your business? You can't serve your customers if you can't provide the goods to them. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't mass manufacture, then think about all of the, or when I say mass manufacture, if you can't expand your business the way it needs to be expanded, not mass manufacture, but expand it the way that it needs to be expanded, hit certain price points by working with a different manufacturer, um, taking things somewhere else to make them, whatever it is, right? You're two Mm -hmm. hands not physically making it all. Then you cannot serve your customers. There will be hundreds of thousands of people that cannot get access to your products and they deserve to have it. So just think about that when you say that. I'd love to know if you've actually polled your customers and they've told you that, then that's an important factor in your business. But if you've never polled them and you're just kind of assuming it, Mm -hmm. that's why we poll you all. That's why if you're on our email list, you do get surveys from us. We (laughs) over-ask. And then we give you things to answer those questions because we, because we need to know, what do you need? That's why in the very beginning of this, we said, do you, do you identify as a manufacturer, right? It's good to know what your customers believe. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to move on to the next one because I feel like that was such a mic drop, but this is the last one. I intentionally left this for the last one because I, it's a really big one. And that is the limiting belief on what will others think? What will others think? So there's lots of limiting beliefs that happen because you don't want to show up in a certain way. You don't want to tell people you're selling. You don't want to ask them to buy from you. You don't want to ask them to sell you. You don't want to ask your customers too many times because you're afraid it's going to bother them. So many of those things of what will your customers, what will your family members, what will your people think? What will the whole world think? Because they're all thinking about you, all of them, (laughs) all spending their time all day, every day thinking about you. Right. And lots of times um, our family members, for example, we we accidentally bucket people in. So I'll show you an example that's completely out of making. But for example, um, I've mentioned 
and you guys will probably never even know this. So Carla, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this in front of you since we're using you as a gauge today that my husband sings as well. My uh, Jacqueline Wait, and I, to Carla. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, the, for everybody I've mentioned this oh. more than once. And Jacqueline was like, what? I don't remember you mentioning this. She told me her so, husband's a singer. I was like, yeah, sure. He is. It's great. Good for you. <laughs> well, it was one of the fun facts that Jacqueline and I both have singing husbands, right? <laughs> so it happened to be an anniversary of his cousin's wedding that he sang in. And I sent her the recording of him singing and she's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea he sings. And I was like, oh yeah, he just does it for fun. And then James was like, I could get him a job on Broadway. Yeah. And then he he's and I've always thought he's so talented. You know, he's gifted. And I was like, oh, no, that's not for him. So even me as his wife was like, oh, no, no, no. Right. Putting the lid right on him and what he wants. And in, in order to I don't know, it just is a is a filter. Right. Like, oh, I don't think that he'd want that. He's you know, he's told me many times that he doesn't want to be in front of people, whatever it is. But that's my thoughts. It has nothing to do with him right now, what he feels like he wants, right? His desires are different than they were yesterday, you know? So I want you guys to think about that, right? Like even our family members, everybody has a different perception of what you need and what you want and how you come off and whatever it is. And it does not matter. What I think does not matter for him, right? It matters to a certain extent, but as far as his own limiting beliefs, he could actually just pull that right off of the lid for himself, you know? So how many of you hold yourself back because you think it's too much or you don't want to bother people or what will people think, you know? And so even, and then how many people do that? Cause like, see, told you, I asked that person to buy for me. And now my uncle told me this, you know? <laughs> so. Um. So here's another, here's another way to pre- present it, right? Because sometimes when you're a couple, sometimes when you're mm-hmm. a couple, it does feel like it's a representation of you. Um, but I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to put it in a different way. Um, I've been, you know, at my in-laws for a while and, and working out of a small section of uh, the room I'm staying in. And <laughs> I, <laughs> the corner, the corner of the room. Nobody puts a baby dog. in the corner, but they, they put me there uh, <laughs> and I'll work all day. All day I'll work, right? And I'll come down at dinner time. I've done nothing. I have not contributed to the like <laughs> dinner making nothing. I'm like, hey, serve me, people. No, that's not how I am. But I walk down and I feel bad. I'm like, God, they're gonna judge me. Like I'm not being helpful in making dinner. I've been working up until this point. Da da da. And I'm like, what's my mother in law gonna think of me? What's my father in law gonna think of me? Right? And I'm all of a sudden thinking, what are they gonna think of me? Well, side note, they both might have totally different opinions or thoughts. Right. My father-in-law might be like, good job, you know, like, or maybe it's my mother-in-law. Good job. Thank you. While my husband is her son is not able to be employed. Thank goodness. He's got, you know, a wife that's working. That could be a thought. It could be, Mm -hmm. wow, she works really long hours. It could be, Mm -hmm. she should be with her kids more. That's probably one of my fears. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter though, because everybody's going to have their own thoughts if they have a thought in that second, but are they staying awake and thinking about you all night? No, all no, of you, they don't you do, care that you much. do a reel, you do an Instagram story, you show up and put your face up there. You go sell your stuff. Like you, you know, open up your coat and you've got all your watches and you're like, buy from me. Who cares what anyone thinks, but also they're not thinking about you. And that's the part where I had this realization who else prays when they get on an airplane that it's not going to go down. I'm probably jinxing myself <laughs> at this point. Okay. So I have like, I'm always like, okay, please God, don't let this plane go down. Um, and then I'm thinking who, who am I to save all these people on? Like, what, like, <laughs> 
maybe someone's got crappy karma in the back of this plane. Like my one thing is going to stop the whole plane. So, or like when, uh, so anyway, so the superstitions and stuff, and it's like, it's, it's almost narcissistic in a way thinking that everyone's thinking of you. They're not, yeah. they don't care. So we want you to live your best life. This is you your life. You, nobody, Boo. yeah, Boo. nobody is going to matter as much as you, nobody. So your thoughts, because you're the only one that can decide for yourself because those thoughts are optional. Those thoughts are optional. So you thinking that, oh my gosh, what do other people think or blah, blah, blah. It's only holding you back. It does not help them, right? It does not help them be like, oh, I really don't want to bug them. So I'm not going to send out these emails and ask them to share me because, okay, you move through life. That person's not thinking, you know what? I'm so glad that she's not bugging me with those emails. So glad. Or you know? I got this email and I'm never talking to her ever again because she asked <laughs> me to help her. Like nobody cares. And if they don't yeah. like it, they will remove themselves from it. Right? Like people don't like all the emails yeah. and they will unsubscribe. Um, but trust me, not gonna. It does. Your yeah. your best friend or your mom or your aunt or your uncle or whoever you're asking for of something. They don't really. They love you. Yeah. Right. We all we all hit this right because even now, for example. Like my, my dad, he loves Facebook, loves it. He's retired now. Okay. And is he watching? Are you there, dad? I don't know. Please, hopefully not fingers crossed. Right. So even that every single time we go live on bosses and breakfast, I'm like, I hope that I don't have all these random friends and family watching because I don't know. I don't know why. Right. I don't know why it makes me feel a certain way. Like I have to feel a certain way. Yeah, I feel seen. I feel too loud. I feel like I'm taking up too much space in a way. I feel like they're like, what's Mina talking about? Though he did say I look great in my blue black. Uh, he was like, oh, yeah, you look good in those glasses. And I was like, oh, I mean, he probably didn't listen to anything I was saying. The point is, is that it does not matter, right? Because his interpretation of that was like, it wasn't, it wasn't even like he was talking. He was thinking like, oh, she shouldn't talk about business or, oh, she shouldn't impact people or whatever. His was like, oh, she looks good in those glasses. Whereas I'm the one who's making it bigger than it is, right? I'm the one that's like, oh my gosh, what is my dad going to say? Does he know I'm going live? You know, I don't, just all these things that happen in your head and they're your own scripts that you play in your own head and they have nothing to do with what scripts happen in those other people's heads. Okay. Yes. So hopefully so. <laughs> you guys can move forward and f- care less about what those other people think. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and just thinking about it, like the thing is, is again, this is your life, right? And these yeah. limiting beliefs are your beliefs and they are going to keep you where you are, or you will smash them or you'll work on them. Cause trust me, all of us have our limiting beliefs. We all believe certain things. There's days I still wake up and go, if only I knew more about business, right? I should listen to more podcasts. I should read more mm-hmm. books. Like there's times where I'm like, I need to know more to be good at something, which is not true. I've had three businesses that have been successful. Awesome, right? So as you're thinking about these limiting beliefs, what you're doing right now is that you are together, right? You're seeing mm-hmm. on these comments that you're not alone in those thoughts. So I want you to first see that. Second, 
find your people, which you're here and you're part of our people, be in our community. Those of you in, you know, multi-stream machine have a, a really tight-knit community. Our masterminders, you have a tight-knit community. Um, we're here for you because we want you to always, we always want to remind you you're not alone and you're not alone in these thoughts or these limiting beliefs. Yeah. Um, and let these thoughts go. That's what you need to yeah. do. Let them go. They're, or work uh, on them. They're not real thoughts. Yeah. You, it is a constant work in progress, right? Your, your mind is, is constant because it's all, like Jacqueline said, there's days where she wakes up and thinks that there's days that I wake up and think certain things too, you know? So it is a constant thing. So, um, just remember you're, you're not alone in any of it, but it is constantly working on it and it's okay. You only have one life to live, right? Thankfully you're spending your Wednesdays with us. So <laughs> yeah. And those of you that are, you know, students of ours that are in our courses, like you're, you're learning the steps, right? As you start to see things happen, um, as you start to see results, right? A lot of you in multi-stream mm-hmm. machine, you start to implement and you see results. You're like, oh, this is possible. I see my path forward. Um, yeah. Those of you that start to be around community that are cheering you on, because so many of you are so good at this, like, especially here yeah. on Facebook, you know each other, you're like, yeah, go, to, go, you know, yay, Diana, or yay, Lacey. Um, and so you'll start to be encouraged by the positive people in your world, including Mina and myself. And so we want you to just continue to work on that and put yourself in, in those situations. So we want this for you. Um, keep showing up on Wednesdays with us. Keep learning. Keep investing in yourselves. Keep investing in your mindset. You know, um, if you feel like that you have these limiting beliefs, maybe you get help. Like maybe you find a life coach or, mm-hmm. you know, you find a friend that you could talk. That's how me and I became friends. We started talking about product, which led into small children and running our own businesses, which is what bonded us initially. So um, we know it's possible for you as well. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. Hey friend, just a quick reminder to sign up for the bestseller secrets challenge. It's a five day, totally free week of trainings, private Facebook group, and daily live Q and A's with us. We don't want you to miss out on this opportunity to get really clear and focus on what you need to sell to grow a profitable, sustainable, and solid business. Head over to www.bestsellersecretschallenge.com and click on the link in the show notes today, right now.